Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Whoa, the show's namesake, BJ Shea, is still on vacation. Echo, echo, echo. <laughs> but running the, jo- the, the boards... Running the George's is Bowie D's. I am Joey Boards. Yeah, sorry about that one. Hey. On today's show, we will get into some comic book chat, including how tall is the Hulk really? The answer may surprise you. Taller than Wolverine? Uh, the answer may surprise you. <laughs> and then also the responsibility of playing Superman from none other than Henry Cavill. And of course, the Geek mm. Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Get a blogs, podcasts, and more. Or just look for us, BJ Geek Nation, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and iTunes to find us. Yes, and so it is Comic Book Day, and uh, I found this on comicbookresources.com, and it, they get into uh, the that, that question, and a lot of the times you'll get one of those. I think everyone is just sitting around the editors and being like, so... How tall is the Hulk, really? And uh, the Hulk is one of the biggest characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Marvel Comics, obviously. We discussed all of this early in the previous episode. Created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, Hulk first made his appearance in Incredible Hulk number 1, as Vicky stated, 1962, as genius-level scientist Bruce Banner. And then during an experiment gone wrong, he was exposed to gamma radiation, oh! which was the big bad in the 60s. Uh, it was the same thing that happened in the Fantastic Four. Uh, uh, that turned his five foot nine inch body into the big green monster that we know and love. So Bruce Banner starts at five foot nine inches. But since he's made his appearances across the gamut of all sorts of different things, you've seen that he does get taller and bigger. Uh, his size and strength alone uh, is kind of like, uh, I guess they've called it, I remember the old 90s uh, cards that would just put like the power levels of stuff like that. His power level is only measured by his anger, so it is infinite. So he's infinitely powerful, but that doesn't mean he gets taller. But it also depends on what medium you're talking about when it comes down to it. Uh, In the comic books, uh, well, it varies depending on which version of himself is in control. Generally, his height lands between 7 and 8 feet tall. The most common Hulk that fans know is Savage Hulk, who is childlike in nature and stood at the height of 7 feet 6 inches. Okay. This Hulk is depicted in the comics as the green skin, very muscular with the ape-like physique. He was, I mean, obviously the one that we all know the most of. Mm-hmm. Uh, another famous Hulk was Grey Hulk, which we kind of saw. I don't know Wasn't if Wasn't that the very first one? Uh, I don't, uh, yes, actually, good call. I was gonna say, I feel like I saw- more of the article. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I think I saw that recently, that originally, like, Hulk was gray, but because of the weird printing situation, they decided to make him green, because it was easier. That's exactly this, what they said right here. Mm-hmm. Damn, look at you! Look at me being a nerd and stuff. Uh, this Hulk only stood at six feet six inches tall, so he was only seven inches taller than Bruce Banner was, which is kind of interesting. I'm only three inches off of the Hulk. <laughs> Wow. Right? That's like, I mean, six foot six. I mean, I'm six foot. So that is like even my buddy who's six four is just like, that's that's sizable. But, oh, yeah. I've dated dudes that were six seven. 
And what are you in 5'2"? Five 5'1". Five <laughs> wow. I'll tell you, I'm not so. as broad as the Hulk, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, through the years, this uh, the Hulk did get a, bit, a little bit taller until he grew to about 8 feet. The Green Scar Hulk stood at 8 feet 8 inches tall, while Immortal Hulk, who was almost as tall as the Sasquatch, stood at 10 feet. Okay. But there That's is two n- of me. <laughs> two Vickies. <laughs> Just two, the- yeah, two Vickies in a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's no exact measurement due to the variety of artists who worked on that character. Now, if you go back to the television show, The Incredible Hulk in 1977, uh, with limited visual effects at the time, the character was only as tall as the actor Lou Ferrigno, who was 6'5". Which, again, yeah, makes sense. But I, also, he was still an imposing figure on that one. Yeah, I've seen him in person. Like, I walk past him, like, at Comic-Con, like, at his booth. And he he's a big dude. It would it would make it a little more interesting. And I guess they wouldn't. I just have watched a lot of pro wrestling. And they would have lifts in the boots to make him a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. I could just imagine them seeing that. But, I mean, also other actors, maybe they just didn't think about it. But there have been plenty of short actors out there. Um, and they just literally just Tom Cruise. Yeah, and it's just the magic of movies. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, and, and for closing. this scene, yeah, you just you stand right here on a box, and we just do we're doing a you know waist up thing. You're not going to notice, and you can be the same height as that person. And I found a really funny hack uh, to do. It's if you're short, you roll up your sock and you put it at the heel of your shoe, and it will make you taller. I can ride rides, so I don't have to do that. That's all I care about is if I can ride most rides. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, in Ang Lee's 2003 movie Hulk, uh, I don't believe that this movie is canon. So we're just, I mean, yeah, it's not MCU canon, but I get it. it's a Hulk movie. Fine. It's There's garbage. A Hulk, yes. Um, actually, the matter he becomes, the taller and larger he does get. Uh, this film was in development for 12 years, which was wow. a significant amount of time for CGI to become sophisticated enough to do so. Uh, the first time he appears in the movie, he is nine feet tall, uh, which is about three feet taller than Ferrigno's version. The second time he appears, he is met with some pretty heavy artillery from the U.S. Army. That's enough to make him pissed off enough to go to 12 feet tall. And then the third time, he's battling a pretty strong opponent, which brings his height to a maximum of 15 feet tall. Dude, I'm huh. just picturing, like, I need to get bigger and somebody with a cattle prog just zapping his butt. Just, come on, <laughs> come get on, angry. Come on, come on, man. Aren't you mad? Aren't you mad about it? Could have had a great <laughs> NBA career. <laughs> uh, the Incredible Hulk of 2008, which was Ed Norton. Uh, after the release of Lee's Hulk, the screenwriters planned to do a sequel which would continue the story featuring the Grey Hulk. However, Marvel Studios said, nah. We're good on that one. And then this Hulk was no longer able to grow taller because the visual effects uh, supervisor at the time did not want him to be too inhuman, which I think is pretty good on that one. Rather than looking like a bodybuilder, they wanted this Hulk to be more like a linebacker and brought his height back to uh, a, a nice nine foot, which is still enough to defeat the abomination. Now we get to the MCU Hulk. Uh, Unlike in the earlier film depictions of the Hulk, the MCU's version doesn't change size at all, so he doesn't fluctuate depending on how pissed he is. Uh, His height is not dependent on the anger. He is also the smallest and closest to the average height of the comics. Many have calculated the MCU's Hulk height, comparing it to some real-sized objects in multiple screenshots. For example, Chris Hemsworth, who plays Thor, is 6'3", and the height difference between him and Mark Ruffalo's Hulk indicates maybe that Hulk is about 8 feet 5 inches tall. Okay. In every adaptation, the character's physical height is ultimately without limit, but it's clear that the Hulk is bigger than the rest of his peers. It's just kind of fun to get into the nerdiness of that and just realize that people have different aspects of what they uh, 
what, how they feel the character should be, whether it be in comics or in movies, and how they go along with it. Because, I mean, we were talking before about how, you know, Wolverine is supposed to be very short and Five stocky. Five Yeah, almost your height. Almost. And then uh, you end up getting to the fact that Hugh Jackman is not. He's, he's like 6'1"? Yeah, he's a little bit taller. So you just kind of deal with that with how the movie magic goes along with that. Uh, going to the DC side of stuff, I found, again, this at CBR, uh, Comic Book Resources. Uh, Henry Cavill explains the responsibility of playing Superman. Uh, while his first three outings as the Man of Steel in the DC Extended Universe were divisive, many fans have embraced him as uh, the current Superman of the silver screen. So, uh, I mean, yeah, the movies haven't been great, but he has like the perfect look. Yeah, and plus he's a gamer. I just like everything. I like that he he's, a, I, he's yeah. a nerd. Yeah, he's a total nerd. So it's really great with that. Um, he was. Wow. So he was speaking to Patrick Stewart for the Actors on Actors issue of Variety. He explained that he hoped to keep playing Superman, I hope too, uh, while also discussing the responsibility of the role. He says, I've always been a fan of Superman. With a character like that, you carry the mantle with you offset, and it becomes part of your public representation. When you meet children, children don't necessarily see me as Henry, but they might see Superman, and that's a responsibility which comes with that. Because it's such a wonderful character, it's actually a responsibility I'm happy to have, and I hope I get to play more Superman in the years to come. That's a really awesome way to view it and also just to be and that's how you know you got the right actor yeah because like even with like a Chris Evans mm-hmm. like he I mean I feel like I mean he's obviously not a hundred percent Captain America by oh, any yeah, means right yeah but the idea of how Captain America is just really nice and genuine like that's how he comes off in real life not that I've ever met him or anything <laughs> but that's the vibe I get and I feel like yes it is a responsibility and I think it's awesome that a lot of these actors are really getting into the roles and like actually uh, respecting mm-hmm. and take, like really doing their research on these characters. And it makes a lot of sense, too, because when he's talking about the kids, like mm-hmm. ultimately a lot of these stuff, a lot of this stuff is for children yes. or, you know, the young at heart. But when you when as you were a little kid, like if you met any character, like I remember meeting wrestlers and that whole thing and being like just awestruck. Mm-hmm. Because it's not, it's it wasn't Terry Bollea, it was Hulk Hogan. And right. You're looking up, and you're like, oh my god! It's like, and it's like all of the things that he, you know, I mean, obviously it's a little more problematic now, but back in the mm-hmm. '80s when he was just about, you know, say your prayers, you know, drink your milk, eat your vitamins, do all those different things. It was those things you want to test to, mm-hmm. and you just want to be able to hold that because else your worldview is going to be shattered. And right. you, don't, you don't want your superheroes to do that. And these movies, interestingly enough, are like the first time I can remember where you have an actor playing the same character in so many different movies for children. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. And it was just like anybody embodying, me, embodying those characters or like when we've, we've talked about Chris Pratt going to children's hospitals dressed up as... Uh, Star-Lord. As, yeah, Star-Lord. And I think he got that idea from, uh, I think... Maybe it was Chris Evans who started it, but also the fact, because he's from the Seattle area as well, went to my high school, go Vikings. Uh, <laughs> but he, uh, our our team is the Seahawks, and we have Russell Wilson, and he would go to the Children's Hospital every Tuesday and just hang out with the kids. And I, I know because my cousin, like it was in the news, but my cousin used to frequent the Children's Hospital, so I would hang out with him to keep him company. And he's like, I'm hoping Russell will stop by my room. <laughs> like, get all excited. Uh, and so Chris Pratt saw that, and he's like, I want to do this too. Exactly. And like, you, I feel like that needs to be a requisite. It's like if you take on this role of this superhero, this is what your life is going to be. And you're going to have to embody this character. And if you are not ready for that, 
then you may not be right for this role. I think with any children's character, to be perfectly honest, mm-hmm. when it comes down to that, maybe not like voice actors or something along mm-hmm. those lines, because you have a little bit of a leeway of, or at least a disconnect. Right. People aren't going to immediately recognize you unless you start talking and a kid just stares at you. <laughs> and then at that point, maybe do a couple voices or something. I actually have a funny story about that. What? So my dad loves SpongeBob SquarePants. Okay. And he watches it in Spanish. And the voices are fairly similar in the annoying pitch and stuff. Mm -hmm. So when my cousin, Tony, lives in Mexico, was little, like four or five years old, my dad would always call him in Mexico. And they would refer my dad to uncle as Uncle Bob. Mm -hmm. And so my dad would do the SpongeBob voice. So the first time he met him, when we went to Mexico, he looks at him and he's like, "Mm -mm, that's your Uncle Bob. Mm -mm." Uh -uh. (laughs) Mm -mm. Like he did not believe it. And it's like, of course your uncle's not going to look like SpongeBob. (laughs) Well, why not? He was very much expecting to see SpongeBob SquarePants. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Well, let's get to, uh, well, Vicky, you've got a lot of stuff to talk about, don't you? I always do. All right, here we go. The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what's going on? So... On our main show, because mm-hmm. we work for a radio station, one of our coworkers who's, you know, has some geeky history, but he's not a geek, like you could say, like our type of geek. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. But he loves the first Daredevil movie, the one with, yeah, uh, with Ben Affleck and uh, Colin Farrell. And Jennifer Gardner. Yes. And then uh, Michael Clark Duncan as yes. Kingpin. He was which fantastic. It was, he, that was a great portrayal of Kingpin. Oh, I yeah. really liked it. I mean, I think Vincent D'Onofrio's is better mm-hmm. but for the the trash fire that was that daredevil mm-hmm. movie he stood above and beyond on it um, like for me i really like the movie the soundtrack was awesome mind you it was like 13 mm-hmm. so yeah. of course i'm gonna love it it's got the music <laughs> i love and totally and same with electra i thought it was so cool and the, looking back i was actually thinking about the movie electra i'm like yeah that was kind of eh. didn't even bother with that one yeah, again, I was like 14, 15 at that point. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's so cool. Badass superhero girl. <laughs> she's not Ish, a superhero. Sort of. Ish. And ninja. she came back from the from dead. So I'm I like, mean, that's maybe. cool. Zombie-ish, maybe. Zombie ninja? Um, but there's a lot of bad, quote unquote, bad superhero movies that are actually really good. Oh, I'm here pretty we sure go. Daredevil's not on this list. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be interesting to think what they what they feel uh, is a bad superhero movie that's good. Well, the first one on the list is Blade. So it's hard to explain why Blade, Blade wasn't critically well received, but maybe America just wasn't ready for a cool black vampire hunter in the late 90s. Mm. But aside of having one of the first black superheroes, Blade jumpstarted the MCU. Yeah. And it's more than doubled its box office and proved that it was there is an audience for, you know, g- uh, genre blending superhero movies. Uh, one of the things and all of my friends, uh, when it first came out, they were like, even if you don't care about the movie or anything, go and watch it just for the opening scene in the nightclub. Because mm-hmm. with the techno music and everything that goes on during that scene... It's mind-blowing. It's mm-hmm. kind of what, like, the Matrix opening scene was for a lot of people as well. Okay. I got a question. Is Blade a superhero? Blade is. He's yes. a comic book hero. Yeah, he's half vampire, okay. half human, From what vampire I'm... hunter, who is, well, maybe anti-hero type. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if he necessarily strikes me as any more of a hero than the Punisher would be. Like He's more eh. of a, a, a comic book 
hero. Yeah, character, yeah, I guess. Not yeah, hero, yeah. Character. He has run with, uh, in, in in the comics, he ran with a group called the Night Stalkers, which if you watched uh, Blade 3, I'm sorry, but that's like where Hannibal and the uh, other uh, other chick was. Um, oh, yeah, I just know Jessica Biel was, was in it? Yeah, Jessica yeah, Biel yeah, and Ryan yeah. Reynolds. Yeah, <laughs> Jessica Biel and Ryan Reynolds were a part of the Night Stalkers, and Blade was as well. So was Mobius as well. But uh, yeah, so they were a... Uh, uh, a quote unquote hero team along the lines. Yeah. With Punisher, you're not wrong. It's kind of anti-hero plays by their own rules. Even Deadpool is technically an anti-hero. Yeah. He started off as a bad guy though. Yes. Which uh, I always appreciate. I don't remember that movie. Uh, well, he wasn't a bad guy in the movies. Oh, right? it was in the comics when he was first introduced. He was a uh, Rob Leefield uh, a creation uh, to fight Cable and X-Force. Mm-hmm. He was an assassin sent out to kill basically Domino and Cable. And wasn't he just kind of, like, didn't they rape, uh, rip him off from, like, was it Dead? Uh, Deathstroke? Deathstroke. One of those, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think like, down to the costume and everything. And, yeah, even to the fact that uh, Deathstroke's name, I, be- I believe it's Deathstroke. I mean, Geek Nationals, correct me, I don't want to internet it right now. Um, but uh, his name is Slade Wilson, and Deadpool's name oh, is Wade. Wade Wilson. That's awful. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yep, Deathstroke. Yeah, it's it's not um, subtle at all. Speaking of which, can we get some more cable? Oh, please. One time. Please. All they have to do, Deadpool 3. I mean, just do Deadpool 3 and just transition it into X-Force. Like, pull out the full X-Force movie. Yes. With an adult X-23. Oh, God. Because yeah. she was in uh, X-Force for a minute. Uh, but oh, yeah, really? they, I know we had Joe Manganiello was supposed to play Deathstroke and that those scenes got cut and the movie got cut and all that yeah, fun stuff. Yeah, and all that crap. Goodbye. <laughs> um, this one, funny enough, I keep trying to watch it and I just haven't had the time or like I forget. Venom. And it's getting Still a second seen one. It. But it's one of those like I heard everyone was crapping on it, but then also now everyone's loving it. Yeah, and people are getting excited for Venom 2. My problem is is that I was trying to find where to watch it. I want to say I thought I saw it on Stars. Now, oh yeah, yeah, it's on Stars and every time I look and I look it up it says watch it on Hulu and I get excited and it's like you need these Stars bonus add in. I'm like, oh, so they need to like put it on like Netflix or one of those other streaming services I have. Damn it. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be on Disney Plus, that's for sure. <laughs> Probably not. Another one, uh, I actually really like this movie. And uh, I haven't told you guys the Rotten Tomato scores on these, uh, but <laughs> ro- uh, for Blade, it got 55%. Really? Venom got 29%. Wow. The next one, Hancock at 41%. I like that movie. I did too. Yeah, Hancock was one of those movies when I first watched it, I liked it. But going back and watching it again, I'm like, ooh. I haven't watched it a second time. Yeah, I'm like, this did not age well. Oh, okay, it's yeah. 2008 is when that movie came out. And I I mean, I have an appreciation for Jason Bateman's, mm-hmm. um, I guess, just deadpan delivery and just being, like, an unemotional guy. Like, and realizing after watching Ozark... Because he started off as that, and then watching him actually show emotion and a lot of other things mm-hmm. makes it a lot more interesting to show how how down, how much he downplays his own roles, so everyone else can be like more animated around mm-hmm. him. Yeah, he's the best part of that movie by a mile. I think the problem is is that now that we have all these superhero movies, like you don't really get that whole. Uh, I'm a superhero, but I have a bunch of real life problems that stop me from being a superhero. Mm-hmm. Like he's just a drunk in the movie. Yeah. And, and that doesn't really hold up anymore. Cause when you see those characters, like from the boys or something, you're like that's more of the bad superhero I'd mm-hmm. want to see than Hancock not using his powers. Cause he's 
bored drunk. or drunk. Yeah. yeah. I think for me, the thing I really appreciated about the movie was the uh, the Charlize Theron character. Spoiler alert. She turns out to be his pair. Mm-hmm. So in the movie, um, they find out that if they are close together for a long period of time because they're kind of like soulmates or soul bonded or something like that, yeah. that they lose the ability to use their powers. So when they're far away from each other, I forgot about all that. They gain their powers, and so I I found that as a really nice um, way of explaining like why sometimes you have to cut toxic people out of your life. Like I can't be around this person because I lose my superpowers. Yeah. And so I've since appreciated this movie because of that. <laughs> it's given me a nice way to explain things. Uh, anyways, enough of the mushy crap. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. I don't remember this. I saw it as a kid. Don't. You don't remember this? I remember like seeing oh. them, but I don't remember the story. Oh, Shredder. I'm, yeah, I'm 40% trying to on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't actually remember the story either. <laughs> it had uh, Corey Feldman, Sam Rockwell. came out in 1990. Whoa, wait, wait a minute. It had Sam Rockwell in it? I guess. I don't know who he was. This is the not animated one, right? Yeah, this is the not animated, the live action one, the one where they're trying to sell the costume like back in the, like a couple years ago. This was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. Yeah, same with me. It's probably why I'm addicted to pizza. (laughs) Yes, that is why. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Sam Rockwell was a thug. That's funny. That's like before he was a thing. That's so funny. Skeet Ulrich and Scott Wolf appeared as unnamed members of the Foot Clan. That's that's even that's better. Like, yeah, Foot that's Clan. even better. I mean, wow. the whole thing about this movie that's cool is like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were like the cool skater guys that were also turtles. Mm-hmm. And then they just happened to find a reporter who was trying to expose them that was this like chick that you kind of like liked. Yeah. You know, as a kid. And you're like, oh, this is so cool. She's trying to uncover their mystery secret. But- they're good guys, so it's going to be fine. And then Shredder's a ninja that, like, just wants to kill the turtles for no reason. Like, none of it yeah, makes any no sense. Real, yeah, there's no real kind of lead way into that other than the Foot Clan is invading New York. And I remember April finding Raph's sigh and then being like, I have this. I'll defend myself against you, Foot Clan. And then they're like, you don't even know how to use that. And then the superhero Ninja Turtles that were the heroes of the whole story for no reason. <laughs> well, like the, what, how they explained it in the article, it says there's no reason that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles origin story should be so well made in spite of how low its critical score is at 40%. This movie is genuinely fascinating to watch. It's technically a children's film, but it's tonally very dark. Uh, yeah. So if all you know are one-liners and karate moves, you'll be surprised with how gritty this movie is. So one of the most astonishing things about this movie is how good it looks. The practical effects hold up decades after its release, and it just looks good to see a movie shot on location in New York City. I'm assuming they don't mean their costumes, just the practical effects. <laughs> well, I mean, even looking at it, and I think the, the, the later iterations had a degradation in the costumes, but I think the first ones, they kind of put a little bit of effort into it. Yeah. Makeup holds up way better than bad CGI does. That's true. Yeah, these are yeah. full-on, like anamorphic type costumes just mm-hmm. a little better than you'd get at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> and uh, I was I had to I had to look on Wiki uh, to find out who Corey Feldman was. He was the voice of Donatello. Uh, okay. So that makes more sense because I'm like I don't remember seeing mm. him in it, but I don't know. I mean, it literally came out 30 years ago. Wow. I'm really afraid that that won't hold up though. I don't think I want to watch it. Yeah, Fair. I don't know if I want to go back and watch that one either. Just watch it when you're drunk or stoned because it's legal here in Washington. Yep. Huh. Uh, another one. I didn't know this was. Technically a bad movie. I loved it. I saw it in theaters and fell in love with this. So I got the comic and everything. Watchmen. Well. It can't, it got 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. And the problem was, is if you hadn't read the Watchmen comic book, 
you were going to miss certain things Which and is, not understand what was going on. I watched it not ha- I watched this first and then read the comic. Yeah. And I still loved it. And I I there's only one scene in it where I thought it was stupid was the sex scene in Archimedes the floating owl. Yeah. And then the 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 fireworks go off and it's all the hallelujah. See, and I think I that's like, why it got me because I love that song. So I was like, okay, fine, I love it. I, I just I rolled my eyes. I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. But if you read the comic book, it is for the most part fairly spot on. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, except for a couple changes, and they even fix that in the show. And I've rewatched The Watchmen because of the show, mm-hmm. and so I could lead into that and get into that. And it's it's still good. It's still beautiful, and the CG still mostly holds up. I need. I actually a while ago. I think it went on sale, like on my Amazon list, yeah. and so I bought the director's cut, but I haven't watched it yet. So well, I might have to see what's up there. That is a movie I would love to see redone now with more of a like perspective from Rorschach because they kind of tried to do it in that movie where yeah. you follow Rorschach and he's a detective and he's trying to uncover it. But there are just so many characters that they have to introduce. Yeah, yeah, and that's part of the problem with it too is you don't have an entire comic book run. To flesh out those characters, you got to kind of hit them, hit them, hit them. And the the comic really did follow Rorschach discovering all of these things. And it, yeah, I'm kind of glad they didn't though, because Rorschach as a character, I mean, he's badass, but he's an a hole. He's, like, he's a terrible a person, sexist, racist, like all these things. And that's why in the series, you watch the Watchmen series, right? Yep. Like all these people were following his footsteps that weren't necessarily great people. So, nope. I mean. They were a little skewed. Uh, not necessarily they followed everything that Rorschach believed and they kind of interpreted it their way, but it's still... Yeah, it's that interpretation uh, of it. He still wasn't a great human being, so I'm glad that it wasn't 100% focused on him. <laughs> this one I haven't seen either, Mystery Men. Oh, that's the one that is BJ's favorite. Mm-hmm. And he even says, and I have to agree with it, that it was it was lampooning uh, comic book heroes and superheroes before that was even like there weren't comic book superhero movies that had made it really big other than like Batman and stuff like that. Right. So I just think it was just too before its time. Right. Well, you got Ben Stiller, Tom Waits, Hank Azaria, Janine Garofalo. William H. Macy as the shoveler. Oh, the the movie's incredible. It's one of my favorite movies because he showed me it when I was younger. And I was like... This is Ben Stiller's greatest role. They're interviewing superheroes in their mom's backyard, yeah. and there's a guy named the Waffler that just waffles people. I'm like, this is incredible. Uh, it came out in 99. Wow, and it's yeah, got it's a, just still a little too early for all of it. It's 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, that should be higher. If it had come out right after the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, I think people would have appreciated it a lot more and hmm. been like, oh, okay, I get yeah. what they're trying to do with this. But like... It was edgy. It was a dark movie. Yeah. Like, they kill off the the main best superhero in the world in that movie in, like, 20 minutes. That's right. You just don't see that very often. (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to go down the list, and if you've seen it, say if you agree that it's a good movie or not. Uh, The Rocketeer? Nope. Mm -hmm. Hate it. Nope. It's now here, here, okay. It came out in 94 percent. We can't just gloss over this. I'm sorry. Okay, I don't, I've never seen it. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Okay, yeah, no. The Rocketeer is a fine kind of pulp movie in terms of like, you know, like the 20s or 30s or whenever they were doing it. Kind of like an Indiana Jones type movie. Which is actually kind of what they said. <laughs> My problem with it, and it's solely on the logistics of the goddamn jetpack. If he was going to use that jetpack, it would burn his legs off immediately, and he'd just be going around, flying around, Stumpy McGee. It wouldn't work. I swear to God, if you watch the movie, the flames go over his feet, and he wouldn't have feet anymore. 
I'm sorry. What if he had a firefighter suit? Well, you need a lot of asbestos <laughs> for that one, buddy, because it just does not work for me. It, very few things will just take me right out of a movie. That one did it, and I, I get so mad at that. Uh, Ghost Rider for the next one. No, pass. I, I, it was okay when I watched it the first time. Again, 2007, I was 17. It was fine. The second one was even worse. Isn't that one where you like peas, flames? I don't know. It was just, uh, I remember like I watched the trailer. My roommate bought it, or not bought it, rented it off of one of those red box things, thinking it was like, he's like, I heard good things. And he started watching it. And because he already paid for it, he refused to just stop watching it. <laughs> so I walked in and he's watching this and it looks so bad. Just five seconds of me watching it, I'm like, nope, <laughs> nope. Uh, this one I kind of wanted to see, but I'm a chicken. Oh. Brightburn. Oh, I haven't seen that either. It's the uh, James Gunn, I think produced maybe, but it's basically uh, if Superman went bad. He also directed it. Uh, oh, he did direct it. Oh, wait, it. no. No, no, he didn't. Oh, I thought he okay. said he didn't only direct this. No, yeah, he he didn't direct it. He uses production muscle to bring it to life. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought too. Um, if he would have directed it, I would have been all in on it. And I still kind of want to see it. It's just has this just not, hasn't been a priority. It's basically the idea of a, a kid that's like Superman. Yeah, just goes kind of crazy. Yeah, exactly. Um, Batman Forever. That's the one with Jim Carrey and uh, saw it the, the theaters. And Tommy I was Lee Jones. young and I enjoyed it. I loved that Holy movie. Only rusted metal, Batman. Right? No, this look, is, the metal. It's rusted and holy. Is Val Kilmer. Yep. Yeah. That was not as bad as the George Clooney one. So oh, no. I, I, I really want to go back and watch this. Like, I felt that that one was actually really good. Well, I don't know if really good, but it was very colorful. And Tommy Lee Jones's Two-Face looked really cool. Right? Especially for the time. Yeah, the practical effects on that one was great. Plus, Jim Carrey had that cool light-up uh, Riddler suit. Oh, yes, he that did. That was cool. Uh, I'm just, I just want to mention this one quickly. Super, not really a superhero movie, but kind of. It is a James Gunn. Messed up, but a fantastic movie. You need yeah, to go see it. Yeah, it, it, more along the lines of costume vigilantes. Yes. Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.